Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Wildridge, and with me, as always, is Roxy Stryer. Hi, Roxy. Hi, DJ in Toyland. In Toyland. All the kids in Toyland. How are you doing today? It's a new new year, new me. It's been a new year for 20 days now, or or, or so. Um, but it, it feels like a... Well, it feels like a new year, because, you know, new, new president, new us. Mm-hmm. Let's hope. Let's hope we can only we can only hope. But uh, in today's show, we are going to be talking about um, there's a new Batwoman. There's a new Superman and Lois trailer. So we've got some questions about the future of uh, the CW Arrowverse, um, plus a bunch of other cool stuff that if you are watching live on patreon.com slash only stupid answers, you get to enjoy. And if you're like, wait, what's this? Uh, every week, Roxy and I do a full OSA show where we talk about a bunch of stuff that you don't get to hear on the normal podcast. So go to patreon.com slash only stupid answers to check that out let's dive right into what we are into this week roxy uh you it it looks like you got a chance to check out the new batwoman batwoman season two premiere i did um so dj i take the what we're into this week category very loosely Uh it's more about what i'm doing this week than what i'm necessarily into because i will say i watched this batwoman premiere and they were I, I this is the first time I've watched a show in a long time where I really felt for the writers. Uh-huh. I was like, I was like, wow, they are stuck between a rock and a hard place and they are trying. And they just when you lose the main character of your show and you didn't know she was leaving, and then you have a new character coming in, but you need all the other characters to stay the same. And you've never referenced this character, but she's got to have the same enemies, the same friends. Mm-hmm. It's like, woo. Um, they really shoehorned in a story. And I was like, I don't know how else they would have done that. The way they did it was not natural. Okay. Um, it didn't, it, it was like, whoop. All right. They're definitely trying to put a square peg in a round hole right now. I never know whether it's square peg or, or the pegs round and which one's the hole, which a, one's the peg. You got it. Square peg in a round hole. I've never seen a square peg in my life, so I don't know and I don't know in what scenario. Cuz they don't fit in the round holes, so we can't use them. They don't They're even useless. Make them square. Yeah. Yeah, well they made this one square and they were trying to shove it in there so badly, but it 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 had nothing I feel bad because the new actress is really strong. She's very strong. Um, the other actors on the show are very strong. The The actual story was like, ooh, bummer. That's a bummer. So, I, DJ, did you watch? I didn't even ask you that. No, I have not checked it out. I Because after we stopped uh, doing our coverage for Super TV Showdown, I kind of just stopped checking out these shows. I, I did, you know, I keep up with what's going on. So, Correct. My question for you, for those that don't know, I guess spoilers for the season premiere of Batwoman. Do we think that Ruby Rose's Kate Kane is actually dead or just dead like uh, what's his face in um, Black Lightning? The 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 handsome boy that does is now getting a painkiller. That's now getting a spinoff. So I can answer all of your questions. Yes. Do you want me to? Yes. Okay. Okay. So this is now going to be a spoiler review of Batwoman. Yay! Um, yeah, so exciting. So when we start the episode, there's two things going on. One of the things that's going on is 
if you remember, Batwoman has a stepsister. Yes. And then she's got Luke. Yes. Okay. So stepsister and Luke are beep, boop, beep, boop on the gadgets in the Batcave trying to figure things out. Where is it? What's going on? What time was it supposed to be there? How could this be happening? Beep, boop, beep, boop. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, we've got new Batwoman girl who is asleep in a trailer. Uh And while she's asleep in the trailer, there's a big crack, like a lightning crash on the ground. And she by herself said, she's by herself. She says, I can't believe I just saw that. And then she comes running out and seemingly something has crashed. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, it looked like a, a small little car had crashed because this certainly was not, didn't seem like a large crash, but apparently it was a large crash. And apparently what Luke and stepsister are beep, boop, beep, booping is that Ruby Rose's Batwoman has been in a plane crash. Cool. And so then new Batwoman is the only witness to this plane crash. So she comes running out. By the time she gets there, the Batwoman suit is just laid out and the Batwoman wig and, um, uh, cowl. Mm-hmm. So I guess the wig is part of the cowl. It wasn't like separate, but you yeah. know. Uh, okay. So she holds it up and goes, no way. And then of course she puts it on. Mm-hmm. She, then we find out um, she's had a really hard life. Um, foster care system was convicted for a crime. She didn't do served 18 months in prison like a, a whole slew of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, she is an unbelievable martial artist. Classic. So so she is phenomenal in the martial arts. Well, she has to be. She's the new Batwoman. <laughs> right. So so then what we find out, uh, is this is it okay that I'm giving you full recap right yeah, now? Please. Of this show? Yeah. So then what we find out is that her the only good thing about her life, the only reason why she performed in any way was her, I don't know whether it's her adopted mom or her foster mom, but whoever, whoever mom was, mm-hmm. she loves her. They are great together. And she finally works to um, Batwoman, new Batwoman works to get her mom and her into a better home. But when they get there, there are squatters and those squatters kick the sh- living crap out of the mom and kill the mom. Oof. Um, those squatters are sister, blonde hair sister, Alice. Alice's, yeah. Alice's minions. <laughs> so the last thing that Batwoman remembers as she's gotten the crap kicked out of her on the ground, she opens her eyes and there's Alice. <laughs> okay, so that's all flashback. So Alice, so um, new Batwoman dons the suit because she wants to kill the woman who killed her mom yep Uh (laughs) uh-huh um so then stepsister who for the life of me name i can't remember yeah and and luke as they do 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 there is a um device on the suit that's a locator device they end up finding each other and stepsister and luke are like give us back the suit and she's like Nah, I have to go find this woman who killed my mom. And then stepsister's like, let me do all the research. Figures out that that's Alice. And she's like, we should all be, this is amazing because Mm -hmm. we should all team up. Mm Because like same enemies, same friends. Um, But by the end of the episode, 
we she takes off the suit and is like i'm not meant to be batwoman she was a hero mm-hmm. returns the suit um and and do you remember the stuff that was going on with the dad the dad believed that alice was dead for so long yeah 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 okay so now that story is happening again as he's looking for his ruby rose Mm-mm. and he's like this is happening to me twice twice where is she and everybody's like just give up and he's like i will not give up no matter what it takes and it's like well you're gonna have to give up because she's off the show yeah like how are we gonna just have a season long about you um so yeah and then there's bruce wayne who is actually um uh um, hush tommy elliott Um, right so yep uh and that was what it was like he comes in is like i'm bruce wayne and um and Luke is like, oh, my God, that's so funny you're here. Here's some kryptonite. Because <laughs> we've been saving this. And apparently why Ruby Rose was on the plane was to try to get go to um, National City to talk to Supergirl. Is it National City? Central City? Where is National she now? National City. Yeah, yeah. National City. Um, uh, to go talk to Supergirl to ask Supergirl how to what to do with the kryptonite. Yes. And then so we don't know. It's alive, dead. Uh, it seems like she's alive and after the plane crash disappeared because she started writing all these letters to people. She wrote one to remember ex lover where it wasn't working. Yes. Okay. So she wrote a letter to ex lover that was like, I'm Ruby Rose. Like this is me. And I'm Batwoman. I'm sure you always knew. (laughs) I'll always love you kind of thing. And so that got delivered to her. That the, you pretty much now know the entire episode. That was the whole thing. It was like, okay. Would it have been better to just recast Kate Kane? Um. Well, I do think that there would be merit to that. I mean, I guess if you're recasting her, the, obviously the new actress who plays her is black. Yes. So that the, I think that that's like something to be addressed. Because she is such a different... Well, I mean, they could have not gone with her backstory. You mean she just is Kate Kane? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, because I think initially when it was announced that Ruby Rose would be leaving, the assumption was we would just hire another actress to be Kate Kane, and instead they decided to do a new character. And I think there's merit in that, because, again, if you were recasting Kate Kane, you're going to have to go with another white... You're going to have to go with somebody that vaguely resembles Ruby Rose, to some degree. Um, so obviously with this, you get to have a black actress in your lead role. However, it does, it is kind of the problem that I wonder about with, um, um, Black Panther, uh, in that the story's not done. Like, like, as you pointed out, like Alice is her sister, her dad's like this whole show was built around Kate. So Ryan Wilder's cool, but the legwork you have to do to make her the central part of this framework uh is is challenging and so i i just wonder if it would have just been better just be like ah there's a new cake and and the the story just moves on like we planned so i didn't see anyone talking about this online like anyone which is so weird for me because you know my timeline is typically all dc all cw but like nobody was really talking about this but i will say in here danny m says i quite enjoyed batwoman's seamless transition to ryan taking the mantle Danny M, this is going to be the first time I've ever said this to you. I don't know how you could believe that to be true. Like when you're using the word seamless, when you're saying the word seamless, I'm like, that was legitimately the bumpiest thing I 
And and you guys know I've liked Batwoman for a long time. Yeah. And I think that this I think that now that it's in episode two could be better and it could move forward. But like it was legitimately the bumpiest episode of TV I have seen in so long where it was like, wait, what? She, you guys had the same. OK. <laughs> OK. And timeline wise, did this just ha- like what? When? did? All right. OK. The, the, the whole thing. And the whole thing was just like woof, woof. We've also got uh, uh, Glenn Caesar wanted to point out that he likes your beep boops. Beep boop, beep boop. <laughs> the beep, the beep boop. That's, like, that's what they do. You know, they're down there and like kind of stepsister watches. I actually really like what whoever she's my she's the dopest character. I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. She's very cool. I just don't know her name. Yes. Um, and Luke sits there and he, I legitimately am like, what is he doing? So theoretically ruby rose is on a plane right yeah and theoretically dj you and i could look up you and i could look up a plane crash but he's in some back-end system that's like this plane landed at 1001 and and like he's beep beep beep, touching a million buttons and i'm like that's funny my jet blue app tells me that Mm -hmm. like whatever you're, you're working so hard to figure out right now i feel like that is uh could be done by anybody is kate kane is there explanation for like is this part of kate kane's plan is is the is what because she sent letters like i don't know that that was weird and then there was one maybe danny m you can explain this part to me i didn't understand this part at all and i was like am i missing something here the paper airplane who wrote the paper airplane so to Alice, some paper airplane comes through at the very end with some handwriting on it and is like, you're welcome, you're welcome, um, or now we're even. And then it says somebody's name that I was like, wait, what's happening here? I don't know. Maybe Danny M can explain that to me because that might hold the answers to your question, DJ, of whether this was part of her plan, but I didn't understand it. So I was like, is that them saying that she's alive? Is uh, They leave it very ambiguous, probably because for some series finale or some crossover, not this year, because they said they're not doing one, but down the line, they probably are going to need to bring her back for an episode. Danny no. M says the new villain, uh, Shayaki, hmm. I don't, that doesn't sound right to me, Danny M, but okay. Sent the paper airplane. Interesting. Who the, who, so who was that? And why are they even? Because what did that person do? That was, I, I that part I was like, I must've te- been texting during that or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this is. Well, the thing I'm into this, I don't think I'll be, they, they're saying like, oh, DJ, you're going to check it out. Probably not. Um, I might check out the premiere of Batman, or excuse me, Superman yeah, and Lois. Yeah, That was her name. Sorry. Sophia, Danny M says, is the new villain name. Sorry for the typo. Sophia was her name. Uh, yeah, but who is that? Did we see her? Because if we did, I literally missed a whole storyline. We'll have to, are you going to keep watching? I like feel like I don't have a choice. <laughs> I want to support this new show and this new actress. And also we don't, it's kind of slim pickings as a TV fan right now. And I also want to see if they find a way to make this work. So I'll definitely give it at least one more episode. I super duper can not commit to the season because as of now, I didn't like it. 
Yes, that's. I think that is um, completely fair. Uh, so for me, what I'm into this week is uh, my wife and I decided to rewatch the Toy Story movies. Uh, uh, I haven't seen Toy Story 2 um, since I saw it in theaters when I was a wee child. Um, and so we uh, this week we watched all four movies and it's, it, a few things stood out to me. Um, one, I was actually genuinely surprised at how well the first movie holds up. Obviously, a lot of the um, animation and stuff is is very dated, especially it, one of the interesting things is watching each movie is I think there's a four or five year gap between Toy Stories 1 and 2, but then there's a 10 year gap between stories, Toy Stories 2 and 3, and then there's another like nine year gap between 3 and 4. And so it's a, watching those movies is a great way of like seeing the evolution of Pixar pixar and cg animation because what year was the first one? First one i think was 94 95 and the second one was 99 and then um uh, uh three... wow, it's been like our lives yeah yeah like a very large chunk of our lives is is the toy story movies and uh so it's cool to just to see the evolution of because even the jump from one and two is significant and then of course from two to three and then and and by the time you get to three i'm like i I don't feel like there's going to be as much of a jump even though there's a 10-year gap because this is you watching three it's like this really holds up but then you get to four and you're like this is insane like the the level and i i think you always appreciate it but having watched it back to back to back it's it adds a whole nother level of like i i can't believe this is how far things have come since then but even though in the first one, some of the animation is dated. It's still like a fun, engaging, entertaining movie. And it actually, what I, I was wondering why, other than obviously the writing is solid and, and the voice acting is solid and all that stuff. But I was wondering why it's still even like moved well. And uh, my wife remembered this and I didn't. In, in Toy Story 2, uh, this old man comes in to refurbish Woody. And that same old man is in one of the Pixar shorts that was in front of Bugs Life with an old man that plays chess with himself. So we watch that too. And that is even – the animation, that's even more dated. But it was that one that unlocked the key for me of like why it still works. Because even though some of the backgrounds are kind of blocky and it's not necessarily uh, as, as polished as we've come to expect, the acting – the way they animate the old man's face and his reaction and the way he moves is so spot on and and they clearly spend a lot of time on it that the other stuff doesn't really matter and it, and it's it's a good example of knowing what counts like it's it's what counts what people will remember and what people will go back and revisit is the quote even though it's animated the quote unquote performance the way the the character moves and acts and interacts um, and I think they, Pixar has done such a good job with all of that. And it was just it was just a nice – it was interesting. Like you said, Roxy, it's such a chunk of our lives. When you think about it, how long, how long it's been around, it's this interesting little time capsule of, of a, a good chunk of my life and, and the way um, animation has changed and evolved and the way those stories have changed and evolved. Um, and it's, it's a really good series. Like I, especially, um, I remember going into the fourth movie. I was like, do we need this? Like, is, is this just a cash in? And even the fourth movie is so emotionally heartfelt and moving. So good. Yeah. And especially like, 
Uh, for those that don't remember that movie, you know, it ends with Woody going with Bo to be quote unquote a lost toy, basically uh, live free. Um, and the, the the emotional climax of that movie is him and Buzz separating. And one of my all-time closest friends, best friends since high school, we went through high school together. We moved out here together. He, because of the pandemic, recently moved away. So the ending of Toy Story 4 hit uh, very differently <laughs> in 2021 than it did in uh, 2019. DJ, the obvious question that you know is coming. This might be like Sophie's choice, but what? Which one's the best? Like, what's your ranking? Um, honestly, I it, I think the first one is still my favorite. Um, obviously, if you're talking about visuals, the fourth one because it's the it's just it's so gorgeous. Uh, I'm talking about overall movie. Overall movie, I think the fourth one because the setup is so simple and great. You know what I mean? It 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 hinges. The fourth one. The first one. Oh. The very first one, because it's it's uh, Woody's jealous of Buzz and tries to get him lost behind a dresser and ends up getting him lost, lost, and he has to go save him. And it's the, it's kind of the same setup they use for Inside Out, where your protagonist is also kind of your antagonist. Like in Inside Out, Joy is the main character, but she's also the one causing the problem. And it's the same with Woody in the first Toy Story. Um, and so just that... That simple setup is so good. Uh, that I remember not liking the second one very much when I was younger. Watching it now, really? yeah, watching it now, I I like it a lot better, and and it definitely feels like the most cohesive sequel because it does all the things like what would toys be like in a toy store? How do we tackle the idea of the collector's market? What do we, you know what I mean? Like it's it feels a little bit more focused. Um, obviously, in the third one. You have uh, with a part where they're in the trash compactor and they're holding their hands and all that. But that that is a, that is at peak Pixar where like you sons of bitches, we're gonna make you cry in every one of our movies. Like that's that's at that height of Pixarness. And then I, I and then the fourth one, especially now, means a lot to me. So I think if I were to rank them, it would probably be one, four, two, and then three. But, and that's but that's not three still really great like it, it's like a escape it's a prison escape movie like three's genuinely great it's just if i'm ranking the four of them i think yeah. it's my least favorite even though it is one of the best animated movies of all time <laughs> some people used to call it the best trilogy uh, uh ever and then when we added the fourth one to it a lot of people have said that this is the most solid series of any films um, where consistently all the way through, which I get because usually when you get to the fourth movie, something is really not good. Yes. Um, and especially the, if the fourth yeah. movie's 10 years later, mm-hmm. that's usually not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. The, I rewatched all the Toy Story movies a couple of years back and I love these films. Like everything, thing about it you want to if you ever want to have kids you want to share this with your kids and i think dj especially for the time in which we came up because you and i are only a couple years apart so these probably hit for us pretty similarly um upon rewatch yeah you do notice different things like the friend leaving and all that stuff but i think that this like kind of we were kind of with them Mm -hmm. like we were kind of hitting when they were hitting so uh, and the lessons that they were teaching were what I needed to know when we were learning them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love this series. Toy Story still to me, when people ask you to rank the best Pixar movies, um, Toy Story one for me is still on the top three. It is so good. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, let's talk about one of our main things. Uh, obviously, this this uh, calling this a slow news week isn't exactly accurate. But, you know, Roxy and I were struggling to figure out, like, hey, what should we talk about? And um, Because so we, politics. Because, once again, because <laughs> politics. And, I, and we talked about the inaug- – we were talking about talking about the inauguration, but I'm like, we just did – they just uh-huh. had a riot and we just the insurrection and we just did that and I don't want to uh, I don't want to get dragged in you know we I thought I was out and they pulled me back in but I know um, we reached out to you all on the Discord and you had some suggestions and uh, one of the things we got was from STS twenty eighty four do you think that the CW Airverse will be going for much longer what were some of your favorite shows or moments and Cashew uh, followed up and in addition to that one. What would you like to see the Arrowverse do in the future if it continues? So with the new Superman and Lois trailer, with the fact that, Roxy, you just watched, uh, we just discussed um, the new Batwoman, let's let's talk a little bit about the future of the CW Arrowverse, starting with, do you think we'll be going for much longer? Or, or uh, yeah, let's start with that one. Uh, how, are we, where are we in the lifespan of this connected universe? I go back and forth on this DJ because one part of me is like, there's no way that we're not going to be going for quite some bit more because they're just announcing their Superman show. Like they're announcing a Superman show. How could we think that we're going for any less than eight more years in this universe? You know? So to me, I think that we're in this for the long haul, but at the same time, if you are like you and me, which if you're watching this, chances are you are, <laughs> and you have already been doing this for nine years, you've been in the Arrowverse for nine years at this point, you're exhausted from it because you're not getting much new light into it. It's been things like this Batwoman thing and yeah. Arrow actually ended and it's still called the Arrowverse. So there's for a lot of reasons part of me thinks that this is going to fizzle, but this new Superman show really might bring it together. I was talking to my brother last night and I was like, are you going to watch the new Superman and Lois show? And he was like, absolutely not. He was like, I have no interest in it. I was like, that's interesting. Do you watch any of the Arrowverse shows anymore? He's like, I only watch one and it's legends and I love it. And it has nothing to do with anything else. And I don't watch any of the other stuff. Yeah. And so that's, I actually hear a lot of people like that. It's not like, when it was Arrow and Flash only, and everybody watched both Arrow and Flash. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? How long do you think we've got? That's a good question because I think I'm closer to your brother. I will probably check out the premiere of Superman and Lois because I'm a I'm a diehard Superman fan. The trailer looked good, but I, if I'm being honest, I have no intention uh, unless the premiere blows my mind. I really have no intention of following it because I because I am burned out, and I think you and I are kind of in a in a different position because it's not like we had a couple shows that we watched passively. It's like we had not only did we watch all of the shows, we had to be engaged in all of the shows, uh, and that uh, could prove challenging, especially near the end of our time doing that coverage. It was the. Right. Um, 
I don't know. You're right, because we are getting, we've got a new Batwoman. Uh, we're getting our Superman show. Uh, and we've got a Wonder Girl show coming. And Naomi, uh, which I'm I'm really excited to check out. Um, and we still have a Flash show. Yeah. How long, I, it, maybe that is a, is a better question, is, you know, a two-parter. How much longer do we get the Flash show? And if the Flash show goes, does the rest of the universe, the that shared universe, go with it? Is that kind of like the the linchpin? And and I guess third part is, if it is, is there an heir apparent to the Flash? I think that I think that we've got at least at least I think we probably have two more seasons of the Flash. Yeah, and I think that. I think that um, even after it goes, it depends on how much crossover work they do with Superman. But like, in what world do you have a Superman show on the CW and that's not the flagship of the Arrowverse? Yeah. Maybe they've changed the name though. Maybe it's the Superverse or some, you know, I don't know that we continue to call it the Arrowverse, but maybe. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if something could take the Flash's place. What do you think? Uh, I think I don't think you could manufacture something to take its place. You know, if if Superman or Naomi or Batwoman kind of becomes becomes the the uh, you know because Flash is is the center of it because it's the most popular. Even even though it is the Arrow verse, it started with Arrow. I don't think anybody would argue that Flash wasn't the more popular show. Right. Um, and so it kind of depends on if Superman really takes off. No pun intended. Um, or Naomi, uh, or the new painkiller spinoff from Black Lightning. I think that might be what what people might be feeling and why we might be feeling like maybe it's winding down is because not only is Arrow gone, but we're losing Supergirl and we're losing Black Lightning. And we haven't yet really seen the new blood that's taking the place. We haven't seen the new Superman show. We haven't seen Painkiller. We haven't seen Naomi or Wonder Girl. Um, and maybe that will be enough to bring in a new audience, a younger audience, um, uh, bring some of people that might've, uh, tapped out, uh, bring them back, but it is a bigger ask than what the MCU does. The MCU, well, initially it used to be the MCU was like, Hey, tune in for two or three movies a year and then you're caught up. Uh, whereas this is like four or five, 24 episode shows. A, a year it's a lot more to keep up with uh but now of course the mcu's got all their disney plus content so that it it also is going to be harder to keep track of all the pieces yeah yeah i i will say though if we can talk can i talk a little bit about that superman and lois trailer please i thought that it was the first thing that i've watched at all that got me even remotely interested in the show agreed so that was kind of like a, a bit of a turning point for me in, in this conversation because I actually don't even know if I was planning on watching the premiere. Yeah. Because I just was like, Bleh. and it has nothing to do with the actors. It does have to do with the burnout. And it also just has to do with like, I don't know that I need a Superman show right now. Yeah. But the trailer, just the way that it was shot, I was like, this does not look like our CW shows. This looks stunning. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm fascinated. How do you have spoilers on the trailer but how do you have children who don't know that you're superman uh-huh. what exactly 
what exactly does that mean or look like? Um, it, it just, it asked some questions and posed some scenarios that I was like, I could be interested in that. Yeah. Another question. How do you have kids that look like they're only four years younger than you are? Yep. That's a good question too. <laughs> well, because you've got really good skincare routine, obviously. It's that Kryptonian skincare. You can't beat it. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting too. I heard some people compare it to more like an HBO Max show. And it'll be interesting to see how um, competes is the wrong word because they're owned by the same company, but how those shows compete. Compared. Yeah, to to what um, HBO Max is doing. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they pare down at all because I, I could foresee a scenario where the individual shows on the CW kind of like coalesce into eventually like a justice league show. You know what I mean? Like it, it was, it was arrow. Then it was flash. Then it was all these shows. And eventually they all like collapse back into a show mm-hmm. before, before the, the end. Um, we'll definitely have it for at least a few more years. I think that's, I think that's what dictates it, you know, and, and it doesn't help like with a lot of these things, um it, the pandemic aspect of it doesn't help because it's been almost a year since we had well i guess that's not true um but like obviously they didn't premiere when they were supposed to because of the pandemic and so mm-hmm. that hurts your momentum yeah i don't even remember i don't remember what happened on flash i don't remember what the cliffhanger was i'm yeah. not like dying to know but what about you know it's not and it's not the same as like the way that the first season or second season ends where you think that everybody's getting sucked up into the sky and that people are dying and what's happening, whatever it was, I remember being like, okay, I'll, I'll watch when it comes back. Yeah. Do you, so right now, do you have the, obviously you checked out Batwoman. You're, you're committing to it for at least a couple more episodes. Do you have, is like flash, like ride or die. You're there for it till the end. Or- I think, I think I am. I think I am. <laughs> I, from what I remember, some of the iris and the mirrors, some, <laughs> whatever that was, I, just it would be such a shame for me not to finish out Flash. Yeah. Because uh, I I do, when I watch it, I enjoy it. Yeah. And also, like, you know, in the best of times, we've got Grodd and mm-hmm. we've got, like, the, some of the coolest stuff that I've ever seen in comic book shows. There's just so many episodes. I really wish that Flash would be like, okay, we're doing two more seasons and they're both 13 episodes. Yeah. And I would be like, whoa, I'm so stoked on Flash right now. Yeah. But, the, but thinking about me watching maybe 50 more episodes of Flash is just like, Dude, that's a lot. So the last season was season six? That would make sense because Arrows was eight and it came in two seasons deep, right? Yes. Okay. So I definitely, I think you're right. I think we'll definitely get to a Flash season eight. I do wonder if it has the legs of something like a Smallville to go 10 seasons. But it just feels like everybody on Flash is already kind of tired. Yeah, I don't think that Grant Gustin's like stoked to be there anymore. And that's just based off performance. It's not that he's not great, but as we talked about last season, he just kind of seemed to be like showing up. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I think that when your lead doesn't necessarily want to be there that much anymore, that probably is time to start thinking about a closeout. What so going to Cashew's question, um, what would you like to see the Arrowverse do in the future? You know, what I mean, let's say like, what, what could bring you back? What could excite you again? What do you think is the is the right move? 
I mean, you did talk about you talked about it kind of converging into one show, but imagine if they did like a Defenders style show, kind of like they do for the crossovers episode, but it was a season long. Yeah, that would be so dope. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna do that, but I would I would watch the hell out of that. That would be so crazy. And epic and incredible. It would be interesting. It might not be the word like we talk. I talk like I know. Uh, it might be interesting is if instead of the traditional crossovers is if they do like like you're talking about like a four episode miniseries where like, listen, Black Lightning show is done. Supergirl show is done. Uh, Arrow is done. But those characters come back for this Justice League miniseries we do every year. Just a big like re- four episode reunion special we do every year. It'd be so cool. Yeah. Because you would watch. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then they have Wonder Girl show up, and I'm like, oh, she sounds a bitch as I might check this out. I might just yeah. see just to see. Because if you really like her, you're like, oh, I got to watch over at that. I mean, it might be a smart business move. I don't think they're going to do it, but that would be so fun. Yeah. I think the other thing that would interest me, like you were talking about, and I've been saying this for a while, I'd be because I feel like, and this might not be true, but I feel like a lot of the creative teams of these shows overlap, especially higher up. And so it's like, why not have like, all right, Flash gets 12 to 13 episodes in the front half of the season. Supergirl gets the back half. You know what I mean? Like, and they share, like, it's once Flash ends. Half that's season, yeah. Yeah, and, and do that with all of the shows so that you can focus on making them more quality. And then I'd, I'd probably start watching some of them again. Like, if I didn't have to commit to full 20-plus episode seasons. I forget what happened with Supergirl. Do we have one more season with them or it's done done? It's one more. Okay, and it's a full season? I think so. And it must be coming up pretty soon, right? It's. I think it's as full a season as, like, is Batwoman getting a full season? Are, are they getting, quote, unquote, full seasons with the pandemic, or are they shortened because of the pandemic? Here's my answer. Mm. And I should know that, because if somebody's going to know that, it's for lack of better words, it's probably me. Like, <laughs> the, the other day when... Batwoman was airing. I had no idea Batwoman was airing that night. Yes. And and then when I was talking about Lois, I was going to call it Lois and Clark. Mm-hmm. When I was talking about Superman and Lois on my show and the trailer came out, I was like, so I'll probably check this show out tonight. And everybody was like, well, it doesn't come out until February 23rd. And I was like, oh, I legitimately thought it aired tonight. Like, <laughs> I thought they dropped this in advance of the airing tonight. That's how out Same. of the because I'm not driving around. I'm not seeing billboards. I'm not watching TV with commercials. I'm not talking about this on all my shows right now. Like I'm, I feel so unmotivated to know when the premiere date is of anything. I'm just like, whenever it hits my TV, I'm just going to hit play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way when I, they drop the trailer. I'm like, Oh man, this must be this weekend. It's like, Oh, it's end of next month. Yeah. All right. I, you know, I I don't know that the world makes it to that. I'm like, that's, that feels so far away. It's so far in the future. Who knows? Um, we've got in the chat, Daniel says this season that he will watch Batwoman and legends. Legends, the best star girl. That's a good point. That's one of these shows now. I've Um, never seen it. uh, You might really enjoy it. Yeah. I've heard very good things. Yeah. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, it is a little complicated now because it is Jeff John's show. And so like, do I like Jeff Johns now? Do I, you know what I mean? How do I feel about this part? You know what I mean? Like that's a little up in the air. I do not know. Yeah. So, so, uh, but other, uh, the show on its own merits is, is, uh, is pretty enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I think shorter seasons, more focus. I am excited for Naomi cause she's a new character. And she's a very different character. Um, and so I think it'll be cool. Uh, I, 
and I know Brian Michael Bendis, who created her, um, he's doing a Justice League run soon, um, where she is actually going to be a part of the Justice League. And it made me think about our conversations about Cyborg in it. And I felt like, okay, so this actually might be your opportunity to do what I feel like would have been more beneficial for, for Cyborg being on the team is having a young up and coming character that can, that, that can be stoked. Like everybody else in the Justice League is like serious adult. This is somebody that can be stoked to be part of the Justice League, be excited to be part of the Justice League, and also challenge them on some shit. Like, hey, you, maybe we could be better about these things. You know what I mean? Um, and so I hope that Na- a char- whether it's Naomi or a character like Naomi, I'd like to see a character like that stock go on the rise. And maybe she can be part of the movie. She can be part of the Justice League movie. Who knows? Okay. Who knows? We don't know. But I am excited for the, the Wonder Girl show because um, I did uh, – Yara Floor just premiered in Future State, and it was it was a, a really fun introduction to that character, and I think there's a lot of uh, potential there, uh, and so I'm excited for that. So let's go. We had another suggestion from the Discord, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this, Roxy, from Brenda. She suggested we do a lightning round pitch off like ideas for adaptations, fan cast shows, etc., that have lived in your head rent-free for too long, and the other person can rank your idea out of ten. Do you do you have do you have ideas that have just been living in there rent-free? I have one idea that I can run by you. Uh, please do. So it's kind of actually in a similar vein to what we were just talking about, but not similar at all. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody who has been following me for years, you guys know that I love sitcoms. Um, I love friends i love um dirty rock i love parks and rec i love the office if it's a major classic i love it and i started thinking about this around the time that actually what if was announced Mm -hmm. which it it has nothing to do with that but i love what if situations like what if there was a series and the whole series was called crossover and every episode was two of your favorite sitcoms coming back for a crossover episode. So like The Office and Parks and Rec had one crossover episode. Love it. Uh, Or like we could just like team up. um, Seinfeld and Friends has one crossover episode. And it's wherever they would be now, but crossing over. And it's like a 10 episode series where all your sitcoms each get one crossover and maybe even like it's audience participation where we get to vote on which things are crossing over or whatever. I I'm a big fan of that. I think and one of the, my favorite things about it is that it's not related to, you know, cause obviously when Brenda threw this question out there, of course I immediately thought about like superhero stuff and all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that it has, I like that it has nothing to do with that. And I, and I think it's, I think it's a really, but it could function the way, um, cause I've started collecting um, a lot of, Marvel and DC would occasionally put out these one shots of like Superman and Silver Surfer, Batman and Spider-Man. And of course, because of rights issues, they've never been collected any, they've never been like put in a graphic novel or anything. They're just these single issues out in the wild. And so I've started trying to collect them because how else am I going to look at them? You know what I mean? And it's funny how many of those don't bother, like either they treat, treat it as if these characters have always existed in the same universe and we just never knew. Right. Right. Or they don't, they just don't resolve. Like, how are these two people hanging out right now? And I'd like to imagine that's how like this, this show would handle it. Like the office and parks and rec one wouldn't bother trying to figure out like, did these shows always coexist? Like that doesn't matter. What matters right now, like, like friends and Seinfeld, 
Were they always in the same universe? Were they all just in New York together? Doesn't matter. They're hanging out now. We're going for it. And there's some, there's so many shows that you easily could because like, okay, so both those, say you're two New York based shows. And one day the Seinfeld crew uh, or the Friends crew decides that their shop is closed. So they go to get um, soup and <laughs> they all meet up at the soup Nazis and like whatever. Just, there's so much possibility. And if you're like me, I've just wished for all of my favorite characters to interact for so long. And I think it would be really challenging to do with your favorite dramas because in what world am I going to watch Sopranos and The Wire actually cross over without my brain being like, well, that doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how the hell do you do that? But when it's sitcoms, you don't really care. Yeah. You don't really care. And so it can all work. Um, and then even when I was watching WandaVision, um, which I'm excited because you guys have probably seen the third episode by now. So, mm-hmm. yay. Uh, but when I was watching it, I was just like, wow, I really miss, like, I haven't really loved a sitcom in a long time. I miss classics. Yeah. And so imagine if one of those, if we're going through the decades, like, Imagine if somehow we're able to, I don't know whether you have to recast or what, but like, imagine if we're able to make some kind of old school combo of sitcoms, whether it's like, I know people don't like CGI, but whether you like, whether you CG it or whether you recast, or maybe people have kids that look a lot like them or whatever. Like if somehow we do some kind of, I love Lucy, I dream of Jeannie crossover. I'm like mind blown. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe that episode's animated. I I don't know, but there's a lot of possibilities. So, so the ones right off the top of the head, you had friends, Seinfeld office parks and rec. I love Lucy. I dream of Jeannie. Yeah, I think that 30 Rock and Parks and Rec probably go better than Office Parks and Rec, only because I always compare those. And then maybe Office... Mm. Well, the good thing about the 30 Rock Parks and Rec one is you get Tina Fey and Amy Poehler in a room together, and that's always yeah, great. Mm-hmm, and that's so much fun. That's really, really fun. Um, any any classic sitcoms you're trying to see? Um, th- to cross over, well, I like even though I didn't watch either of these shows, the Friends Seinfeld one sounds like you could have got a lot of mileage out of it. Like, don't you think that would get more views than the Super Bowl? Like, <sighs> just who's not watching that? Who's I, not watching that? I mean, you went you went for the literally the top of the heap with the Super Bowl. Like, it's that that's but but it could it would do really well. And and I but I wonder it would have to it would basically have to do like Avengers Endgame well because getting particularly those two casts yeah. together could not be cheap. Nobody does it for less than $2 million for the one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm and Arrested Development. They've always had like interesting tones to me that I thought could be really fun together. What uh, is... I, I, I've not watched Arrested Development and it, and it feels like obviously there's a lot of love for what was it, the first three seasons before it got canceled? Three or four or something like that? Well, it wasn't... It stopped, but then it went over to Netflix. Is yeah. That what you mean? And I feel like the Netflix I ones have... it was have, more than that. I think it was more than three. I feel uh, like the Netflix ones have not been as well received. They weren't, but I still liked them. Okay. Uh, uh, let me look up a season guide, because I don't remember. I think it might have been five, but I could be... Oh, no. you're. Pro- I think you're right. It looks like... The fifth season was the one on Netflix, so okay, probably was about three when we moved over. I love this show so much. It is weird 
um, and cringe, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, that I love, I love family based sitcoms. They don't happen that often anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, uh, sorry, that's not what I mean. There's not that many of our favorite ones that are that like friends, Seinfeld, 30 rock, um, office parks and rec. None of those are. Yeah. So when you do a family one, that's done really well. I think that that's great. I also really like modern family. I'm loving Kim's convenience right now, as I told yeah. you guys. So this one does that, but you just, the family dynamic is such trash <laughs> that it's fun to watch. And also something underrated about the show is that it's got Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, Portia de Rossi. Like this, this show is the most stacked cast. Michael Sarah, like this show, Jeffrey Tambor, which I know that we don't know how we feel about him anymore. <laughs> Tony Hale, yeah. um, Henry Winkler is, um, does the narration on it. Like it just was, it's so, so truly stacked that, I, I think it doesn't even get the love that it deserves with the performances. It's some of the greatest comedians on there. Yeah. What about, I know there's a lot of love for Shit's Creek. Where would, lo- who would you pair that Schitt's off Creek. with? Shit's Creek is so great. Um, you could do. So have you ever seen Shit's Creek? I have not. I will watch, I will watch it at some point. I swear. Shit's Creek is great because it's about a very rich family that loses all their money and has to go live in the middle of nowhere. So it's really rich people having to live a poor life. Great. So let's do that in the real world. <laughs> that would be hysterical. Yeah. So any show with a different um, financial dynamic would do well with that one. Um, like I'm trying to think of who the rich, what, what sitcoms have very rich people on it. Or you could do like with the good place and see what happens when, when they all die. That's that's really good. The one that occurred to me is something that I think would be really weird. And these shows actually don't have a lot in common. But that almost makes me want to see their casts interact more. Is uh, the cast from Insecure in Atlanta. Oh my god. That would be so great. Uh, could you, that would be so great. Could you imagine Issa like, in Atlanta dealing with what, what that group do? Like- <laughs> totally. Totally. I love both those shows and that would be awesome. Um, and definitely we'd have to find a place to bring uh, Fresh Prince, some kind of crossover. Yeah. Obviously, obviously during a different time, we could have done a, a very cool Fresh Prince Cosby crossover, but not anymore. Not so. anymore. Yeah. Um, Fresh Prince Boy Meets World says Danny M. Yes. That could be interesting. I loved uh, Boy Meets World as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's so good. So there's just so many possibilities. I like that. I like that. So if anybody else in the chat has any other suggestions, I'd love to, I'd love to hear your cross. I know it's super duper, probably not what you guys were expecting because uh, it was probably, you guys were hoping for some like wonder woman three pitch here, <laughs> but uh, that's what I want. Well, I do have a question for you when, cause I, obviously we run in circles that do a lot of the picture da, 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 as somebody else who writes and directs and stuff like that. Do you ever get feel cagey about that? Because I don't know about you, but there are times where I'm like, well, there's part of me that still hopes I get to do it. So I don't want to just like throw it out there. You know what I mean? Definitely. This pitch that I just pitched would cost so much money and I would have to be in such a different position in my life. Like I'm not getting hired to be in the writer's room of this show that (laughs) probably will never exist. So I feel very differently about that than I do about saying, okay, here's what I think for Booster Gold and Blue Beetle you guys need to do. (laughs) Because like, instead of doing that, it's like, maybe I should 
be in that room. Exactly. 100%. I mean, it's a, do this show, you'd have to be Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Team, teaming up to be like, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. So uh, in that same vein, uh, based on what I just uh, asked Roxy, I also, while I have uh, pitches for stuff, I do feel cagey about them. So I'm going to discuss one that doesn't matter anymore. I think I mentioned <laughs> this on last week that I I did hope that Moon Knight w- would be so such a low priority for Marvel that by the time I had any sort of career that I would be able, that that could be my guy. Like I could be like, Kevin Feige, you haven't let me do Moon Knight. And now he's getting a Disney Plus show. So they're, they're a race to the bottom and my race to the top. It just hasn't uh, – ships that pass in the night. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about – when, when I was thinking about like what you would do with a Moon Knight character because I actually think there's a lot of merit in the character. And obviously, Kevin Feige does as well because that's what he's getting a Disney Plus show. But he is a tricky character because uh, he has disassociative identity disorder. Uh, and I think handling mental health in um, these superhero properties is a tricky proposition, as we saw with um, uh, Legion and as we saw also with uh, uh, Split, which also dealt with dissociative identity disorder. And so I think my sol- one, I, I would want to get, uh, I talked a little bit about this with you, Roxy. Like if, if I got the call and I was sitting in Kevin Feige's office, I'd be like, cool, these are my, like, all the superhero beat-em-up stuff. I got that on lock. Uh, but I would love to call up somebody like Rachel Gloom, who did Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, to co-write it with me because uh, uh, she's Jewish. Uh, Mark Spector is Jewish. Um, she's a woman, and so she would be able to bring life to the female characters that I just, I, I, not in the same way that I could. Um, she's also incredibly funny. Uh, and I think that would, not that I see... Uh, Moon Knight is a comedy show, but it, you, it's important. I think uh, you need the timing. Mm-hmm. You need the timing, and also, I I I did not watch that show uh, all the way through, but my wife was watching it, so I would catch episodes with her. And I thought the way it handled mental illness was some of the most deft I'd ever seen. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's what you need. You need a person like that that can do that, that can that can bring that sort of care to it. Uh, and I think you surround Mark around people that that have more grounded um, mental health issues that you handle in a realistic um, uh, way. You know what I mean? And and I think I would probably, um, and, and I'll be interested to see what they do. Um, I probably would not have it be disassociative identity disorder because there's a lot of controversy around that and, and the validity of it and stuff like that. So I'd probably make it more, kind of what legion did where it's like well we're talking grounded in more realistic mental health issues and then you've got to figure out like what are you saying about so this person is is him being mood night a negative representation of the mental health issues he's dealing with um Mm -hmm. you you have to figure out because that's that was something that daredevil kind of ran into of like they treated it daredevil as being an addiction but we all want him to see him be Daredevil and fight bad guys. So now we're rooting for the uh, thing that's actually bad for him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Uh, and I think that's even more challenging with a character um, like Moon Knight. And the other thing I thought that would be really interesting is I, I something that really I enjoyed Spider-Man Far, Far From Home. 
But something that really bummed me out about it is the way it completely glossed over the fact that half of the population had vanished from the earth and society, society. No big deal. It's the blip. No biggie. It's just a blip. And so I'm like, okay, so you have a show, you have multiple episodes, you have more real estate to really explore like, um, what happened to people like like i i think an idea i thought might be interesting is if maybe mark before he's moon knight is one of the people that has snapped away um or he maybe he's believed to have been one of the people that snapped away and he's just been in hiding oh wild that's kind of cool and seeing like uh like like I, I probably said in los angeles he's been set in both new york and los angeles but i feel like especially with the netflix shows new york has been done to death so you said in los angeles like maybe LA devolved into a police state because half of the people vanished and and when crisis like that happens uh people in charge tend to do everything they can to re- try and regain control like it's it's people uh it's a, it's actually a thing called elite panic where there you'll a lot of crises are exacerbated by the people in charge because they so desperately want to regain the control they once had so that's when mm-hmm. you start getting kinks in the street and national guard and all that stuff um Maybe that's the world that this character is returning to and has to deal with. And we actually take the time to be like, listen, it's not – you can't just bring everybody back and it's fine now. Like it, that's not how things Life work. Works. Like, yeah. Or if it does, justify it a little bit of like, well, we still had the bulk of the Avengers around. So they kept it going. Like they to, – to a degree, they kept things together. But um, I feel like Moon Knight's the type of character that um, – could or, or is a grounded enough character that that's a, that's a place where and I'll be interested to see if future shows deal with like what what is miss what does Kamala Khan think about the fact that ha- literally half of the human race was wiped out like there was a whole TV show on HBO the leftovers that dealt with like what was it ten percent no it was three percent it was three yeah. percent and everybody was super bummed about it <laughs> well it affected everybody. This is, you know, it, it's kind of it's interesting because it is comparable right now to the amount of people who have gotten COVID um, yeah. or have done like that is what did they what did they say the number was about the amount of people who have died? It's definitely in that percentage range. Yeah. Um. So it, who who have kind of been wiped off the planet due to something. So your pitch i think would ring even differently and yes it is relevant to the marvel universe obviously because of the snap but it's also kind of relevant to this time as people are losing a lot of people yeah and maybe that's what you do maybe and when you're making marvel movies in the future like listen just as far as the rules of the universe covid didn't happen the snap did that yeah that was our that was our thing so when you think about like people reacting to that um that's what we're talking about and uh yeah, I, I, th- those were some of the ideas I was playing with, and and I thought I'd be, I, you know, uh, I'll be interested to see. I know Ethan Hawke was just cast as the villain. Um, I, Moon Knight has a few rogues. Uh, Bushmaster's one of them. That character is traditionally black, although there might be merit in not having him be black. Um, uh, yeah, there, who who is? What's your theory? Like, if you had to guess one, uh, I there's a villain. I think it's Black Spectre. It's either Black Spectre or Dark Spectre. That is literally like. Moon Knight, but bad. Uh, and I think Ethan Hawke might be a better fit, I, although he is older. Um, I'm just, I'm just an Ethan Hawke fan, so I'm excited to yeah, see. Him. I'm excited to see him in the show and see him go head to head with Oscar Isaac. Um, there's also um, 
there, there's a few there's a few characters that that uh he could fit i'm trying to think there's there's i'm trying to remember one of the names like obviously uh moon knight's uh, antagonists are not like a-listers but um uh it would be interesting like i think he went toe-to-toe with owl which is traditionally a daredevil villain um who got owlsley was in the first season of daredevil but he never became the owl um but I would, I would imagine, other than Bushmaster, who again is usually like a, a black warmonger, if they they could retool that character to be Ethan Hawke. I would, I would guess um, uh, Dark Specter. Uh, Danny M is saying Khonshu, uh, which is the Egyptian moon god that um, gives Moon Knight. His, well, if if Moon Knight has abilities, they are given to him by Khonshu. Although I will say, uh, if you're casting an Egyptian god, cast an Egyptian actor um because that is one of the because have you not learned anything yeah and that is one of the tricky things i i know when i i expressed my concern that um you know at the time i didn't know oscar isaac had any jewish heritage but i expressed my concern that oscar isaac was not jewish and he was playing a jewish character somebody else pointed out that moon knight is already a character that uh uh takes from is not egyptian in any way but takes uh appropriates egyptian iconography i'm like okay yeah and he's got mental illness. He's a tricky character. They're going to have to. They're, they're, I'm hoping that they're taking the time to really think out all the aspects of the character, so they don't accidentally step in it somehow. Yeah, it sounds like they might, um, but I'm hoping they don't. And I think one way they can do that is by hiring my friend DJ Woldridge to come into the room. It's too late. They already got the guy from uh, Umbrella Academy, and they got all those directors on there. The whole room. I'll find another one. I'll find well. It's interesting too because I think a lot of these shows are uh, written by a small group of people and directed by a small group of people. Like I think yeah, that's probably true. I think WandaVision is all written by. Uh, I think it might be two. I don't remember now. It's I think it's written by one person and it's directed by a different person. That's the whole creative team. I'll find one. I'll maybe Dark Hawk. Maybe Dark Hawk. That was a character I grew up with in the nineties. I'll get there. Will be one that they don't fucking pull. Um. But we'll get there eventually. You've got a deep, you've got a a deep catalog to pull from. Well, and I think you know, like uh, like you, Roxy. You know, that's and I think first priority is always trying to do your own characters. Like it'd be cool to get called up into the big leagues. Um, but you know, this you've got your own group, group of characters that you uh, want to make happen. Like, um, anyway, I want to thank everybody that joined us today uh, in the chat. We got Wendy S saying Shit's Creek and Arrested Development crossing over. Um, uh, Danny M wants his uh, Booster uh, Beetle show. Let's have Roxy work on that. Um, and uh, uh, Wendy is commenting on our water into uh, Jamie Lynn Spears versus Elon Musk sounds like it's a headline generated uh, by a random word AI. Um, let's see. Elon and- Musk did that. <laughs> and then wendy s says i'm not a huge fan of bond but I, I really enjoyed skyfall so you know maybe that's a that's a good one to um to check out roxy okay all right before we go before we wrap up today roxy remind the kids at home where they can find you and what they should be looking out for from you I'm live at the Roxy every single day. Today will be day 313 that we have been live in a row during this fucked up time. Yeah. So check me out, youtube.com slash Roxy Stryer. Um, and also World Girls. I am putting 
all a lot of eggs in my whirl girl basket right now and uh, this week we gave D a whirl and it was so much effing fun i lived out my elf favorite fantasies uh because i i do feel like an elf inside yes like i i think i feel like i am an elf and and nobody knows like i am just like a little creature so yeah, that was amazing. And thank you to Joe Starr for helping out with that one. Um, but we're giving a lot of fun things a whirl. And I think that it's a, if you are looking for a distraction during this time, we're goofy as hell. So come and join. That's on youtube.com slash the world girls Wednesdays, Wednesdays and Sundays. Wow. You'd think after my 30 years of life, I'd know how to say the word Wednesdays, Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. it's tricky it's listen words are tough especially in these times where everything's tough uh you can follow me at dj talks trash every place that matters and you can follow only stupid answers at only stupid answers but on twitter yank out the vowels from stupid last time i was a couple seconds delayed this time i was like she's not doing it. on top of it it's on not happening it. again because of that, I haven't played with this thing for my pen for uh, the entire show. You, you, I will not miss it again. You have it in sight, just in case you need it. But you're that's that's an after the show treat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's right over here. I don't know what it is, but it is this rubbery thing. It's good. I'm gonna be honest. It looks fun to play with. Let us know in the chat what you think the rubbery thing is. Uh, thank you all uh, for joining us. Uh, I really appreciate y'all, and we will be back next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>